Hello and welcome to today's episode of Natural Health with CNM, the College of Naturopathic Medicine. I'm your host, Michelle Sanchez. Today I'm joined by CNM graduate and nutritional therapist, Madeline Shaw. Madeline is going to be talking to us about motherhood and health. She'll be explaining her Get the Glow philosophy and sharing tips and advice on how mums can nourish themselves to stay strong, healthy and energised. Madeline is a leading voice on the wellness scene. She's a nutritional therapist, best-selling cookery author, qualified yoga instructor and mother of one. Over the last seven years, she's transformed a simple food blog into a thriving wellness community with over 700,000 fans. Madeline posts inspiring content, helping people to get the glow by taking a balanced and holistic approach to their health. With her delicious, fail-safe recipes, combined with her nutritional knowledge and health tips, Madeline has become a go-to resource for many. She sold over 200,000 copies of her three books, including Get the Glow, which was a Sunday Times bestseller. Hi, Madeline. Thank you so much for joining me today. It's an absolute honor to have you on the show. Thank you so much. I'm, I'm honored to be here. Thank you for asking me. Now, today we're going to be talking all about your Get the Glow philosophy, nutrition for mums, and how you built a hugely successful business inspiring thousands around the globe. But firstly, though, please can you tell us a little bit about yourself, how your health journey began, and what led you to study nutrition? Okay, so, God, it's been a, a wild. It was probably about 11 years ago. I moved to Australia after I finished school and I had really bad IBS. I was diagnosed with IBS and I was trying to figure out what was causing it. And I went to see a naturopath um, over in Sydney and she completely transformed my diet. And it really completely changed around so many things for me. Not only was I not experiencing so many symptoms, I had such great energy. My skin was way better. I My brain fog cleared and I just felt amazing. And I guess it was like the beginning of this journey into health and wellness. And if you've ever been to Sydney or a lot of places in Australia, wellness and health is everywhere. And it's kind of part of yes. every people's everyday lives. And I ended up eating in this cafe so much. They gave me a job and worked there cooking. And I'd always try, kind of not known what I was going to do in life. I interned, you know, finance places, events places, fashion, dog walking. There wasn't many different jobs that I had tried and interned in, you know, in my years. And then the minute I started cooking and kind of was getting involved in nutrition health, I was like, this is what I want to do. Like, I was like, this is it for me. And I have no idea how I will like do it, but I am going to do it. And so I worked there for a few years and I started up madelineshaw.com, which is now almost eight years old, my website. And I moved back to London and I started doing supper clubs in London, kind of healthy supper clubs where I'd take over a restaurant and design the menu and bring people down. And yeah, I just started kind of getting involved into this world. And I really wanted to learn more. I think having seen that naturopath that many years before then, I really knew how much that had changed my life. And I wanted to be able to do that for other people. So yeah, I enrolled at CNM. And yeah, three years later, I was literally 
about to give birth when I, oh. <laughs> when I did my exam, but luckily. Oh, wow. Time, yeah, I was, I think I was, I was eight months pregnant. Yeah. When I did my exam. <laughs> wow. But yeah, I guess that's like a really short kind of summarized version, but you know, it's been so exciting to be part of this kind of feels like a massive surge of wellness revolution over the last kind of decade in the UK where it's being embraced and, you know, it's kind of going through like not only your food, but your mindset and your movement as well. And I think, you know, I really like holistic kind of 360 approaches to health. Yeah. I, I kind of wake up every day loving my job and yeah, it's a wonderful industry to be in. Absolutely. It really is. Doing something you love every day is what we're all aspiring to do, isn't it? So, and yeah, I love that you got that because I lived in Australia for well, nearly 10 years and I also lived in Sydney near Bondi. So yeah, it's a great place. And I think they're very much into health and wellness over there. And I think that's now coming over to the UK and people are, you know, wanting to embrace the approach. So yeah, it's a fantastic time to work in the industry for sure because you can inspire so many people. So what was the one thing you learned on the nutrition course that was like a light bulb moment for you? God, there was loads. I think the first thing is that it was the first time I really enjoyed learning. I feel like in school, I kind of coast through and I did okay. And, you know, I, I, I got the grades I needed to, but I didn't like love it, love it. Whereas I think studying a subject that I was really passionate was so great. And I, I've always struggled sitting down for a long time. I kind of, I think probably why I got into food is you get to stand up and move around a lot. It's a good thing to do, but I, I really enjoyed learning and light bulb moment. I don't know. I think the, the kind of clinical was my favorite part that really like practical kind of, Mm -hmm you know, really kind of taking people through it and working one-on-one with people and making them feel better and, you know, just showing that like just some small tweaks, maybe like reducing the amount of cups of tea you drink a day or, you know, including a bit more protein in your breakfast, the dramatic change it can make on someone's lives. And I think that is is so powerful. And I think sometimes we just kind of push on, don't we? We just think, oh, Mm -hmm. keep working, keep working. And we don't look at what we're eating, what our stress levels are, what our exercise are. And a lot of people can get away with it, you know, and they don't have that big crash. But my God, when, you know, I'm eating well and I'm, I'm looking after myself, I just feel amazing. And I know that is true for most people. So yeah, I think I, I read the clinic side of it and I loved all the kind of protocols and like what to do in, in these sorts of different sections. But I don't know. I loved it all. I, I really enjoyed every part of it. I completely agree. The clinical experience is so invaluable and enlightening. It really brings all that theory into praxis and cements it in your brain. So in the last few years, you've built a thriving wellness community, become a best-selling author, vlogger, and a podcast host. How did it all come fruition? So from, you know, finishing the nutrition course, obviously you'd already started your blog. So, but how have you sort of gone from strength to strength over the years and built this amazing community? (laughs) I'm not quite sure, to be honest. Well, (laughs) I guess I was there at the beginning. So I started um, my website, my blog eight years ago, which was, you know, at the time, quite a new thing. And I used to, 
do lots of different things at the beginning. So I used to do my supper clubs, as I said before, but also events yep. called Get the Glow. And I would take over a cafe or, a, you know, an exercise studio and I'd invite people down and I would spiralize a courgette on stage. And people thought I was very revolutionary for doing that, <laughs> you know, because at the time it was, it was, you know, yep. you'd only ever seen pasta from wheat and you know it was this new kind of wave of experimenting with vegetables and different sorts of foods so I guess yeah it was it was being innovative it was being at the beginning I think I had a real passion having struggled with IBS having you know not eaten very well before and then known how great it feels I think the passion through me and the passion that I you know, uh, put in some of the work that I did obviously was, you know, really kind of connected with other people who potentially were going through this or wanted to make changes. And I think I was always trying to, you know, talk about how it's about a lifestyle and not a diet and move away from diet culture. And I always had this thing about crowding in, not cutting out. And I think that appealed to people. And yeah, I launched my first book, Get the Glow, in 2015, and then 2016, my second book, and 2017, my third. So it was a busy few years. But yeah, I think, I think maybe just riding the wave, you know, being innovative, working incredibly hard, and you know, being really passionate and authentic. I think those things are something that people pick up on and cling on to and interested. And obviously it came with this new wave of social media and, you know, being able to be seen on Instagram and and to create a following and a readership there without having to, you know, be a TV chef or all these sorts of other ways that people kind of went into food and cooking before you could kind of build it your own on your own terms in your own way. And I I always had this thing that I wanted to be free within my work. Freedom is like at my core value of work for Mm -hmm. me. And I think I've always built a job around something that is free. And it doesn't mean that it's not a lot of time. It might be more time than the average person's putting into work, but it's more just that flexibility from doing it from home or, you know, being able to work when I want to and, and, you know, work really hard at some points, but then take time off um, at other points. And I think that's kind of kept me going. And I think I've had to kind of like any relationship, keep the juices flowing. Like at the moment, I want to enlist in um, a gardening program because I want to kind of learn about growing my own vegetables because I want to kind of keep absorbing, keep learning, keep growing and not kind of get stagnant. And lots of people want to know that as well because, you know, we are people getting back to basics and I think growing your own vegetables and herbs is um, something that we can all do and it's easy. Even if you don't have a big garden, you can you know, do these on your windowsill or on a little balcony as well, just, you know, growing something. So, no, that's fantastic. And, I, you know, I 100% agree with you then. It is, and I think that's what everyone loves about you, is you, that you are very authentic and your energy shines through and it, you're very real as well. And I think, you know, for anybody that wants to create a business and you are the core part of the business, especially in health and wellness, um, that's really key, isn't it? Just being authentic and being yourself. A hundred percent. No, it is. And it's, you know, it's really hard because now there are so many people out there doing it and it's so easy to compare yourself to other people. And when I first moved back from Sydney to London eight years ago, 
And I said to this friend of mine, you know, I really want to start up a food blog. It's going to be about like health and nutrition, (laughs) but you know, other people are doing it and you know, maybe I shouldn't do it. And I was kind of doubting myself. And this friend of mine said, you know, you were, you know, you are different to everyone else and you'll bring something special that no one else can. And I think I always remember that very kind of key sentence that this friend said to me. And I always say it to other people as well when they're doubting themselves because it's so easy to second guess ourselves or think that someone's done it before. And, you know, original thought is quite difficult, but you're going to always have your own original spin on it because we've all got such diverse and different personalities. Absolutely. I couldn't agree more. That's it. There's uh, there's plenty for everyone to go around. And, you know, some people might appeal to some people and not others. And, you know, everyone's looking for something different. So, yeah, if you've got that passion, you've definitely got to get out there and do it for sure. So, so you've touched on your Get the Glow philosophy. For, so for those who are not familiar with it, can you just explain um, a little bit about the Get the Glow philosophy and how you implement it into your daily life? Absolutely. So... I kind of came to the word, the wording of get the glow when I lived in Sydney, so sort of nine years ago, because when I had started eating well and looking after myself, lots of people came up to me and said, oh, you're glowing. And I was like, oh, that's such a lovely mm-hmm. turn of phrase. And I think before that, I'd always seen like, get skinny, you know, get lean, you know, all these kind of sorts of words and things thrown around with health. But actually to me, health felt so much more than that. So I I started, yeah, the phrase get the glow, which was supper clubs, which turned into events, which turned into a book, which encompasses a sort of inside outside health. So it's looking at what you eat. It's looking after your mindset. It's looking after daily movement. It's being mindful. It's chewing your food. Um, It's trying to have a balanced plate. So making sure half of it's vegetables, um, a quarter protein, a quarter good quality carbohydrates and a bit of healthy fats in there as well. But it's also about balance and, you know, Mm -hmm. enjoying, you know, chocolate brownies and pizzas as well, because soul food and and joy towards food is very important too. I'd say like the Get the Glow philosophy is really about connecting to you and knowing that like not one diet suits everyone, but you've got to tune into what works for you and really respect that and understand that. And it's also about joy and enjoying life and managing stress in the way that works for you, whether that's meditation or whether that's walking in nature or, you know, reading or rock climbing, but, you know, really kind of trying to figure out that for yourself. So I guess, yeah, it's got this kind of 360 approach. I don't know. It's always evolving. I think, you know, becoming a mother and getting older and all these sorts of things Mm -hmm. like life just changes and you have to kind of adapt to it. So yeah, I guess I'm constantly like evolving what the philosophy is or evolving the way that I eat or the way that, you know, I will talk about things based on kind of, you know, the way I'm evolving and changing as a person. No, absolutely. And I really love that. And as you say, it's that 360. It's about nourishing all aspects of your life. Because I think, as you said, you know, people get so hung up on, oh, I've got to lose weight or I've got to do this diet when no, you just need to nourish your body and nourish your mind and do the exercise. So um, and then it all falls into place. Absolutely. I think sometimes it can be like 
we sometimes complicate it so much that, (laughs) you know, that, you know, that people don't end up doing it. And, you know, there are so many interesting, obviously, as we've learned at CNM, like interesting ways of managing certain conditions or, you know, but at, at the end of the day, there is a base core that is quite simple that we could all follow. But I think sometimes we want to make it more complicated, you know, because I think we are mentally and emotionally quite complicated humans but I think (laughs) eating well can be quite simple Uh, yeah absolutely um so now your food looks absolutely divine uh where do you get your inspiration for your recipes it ranges I think I'm I was really inspired by the food in Australia and that kind of fresh produce you know Mm -hmm brilliantly kind of put together but I kind of get inspiration from lots of things eating out I love to collect menus so often when I'll go to restaurant if they let me I'll take the menu home and keep it on file because I like to kind of look at you know what what kind of combinations they've done or what different like sources they've made but I get inspiration just from everyday life so going out to friends houses and seeing what they've cooked or on Instagram, following restaurants or other food bloggers and seeing the way that they're cooking. But also from my audience, you know, whether they're saying, I really want to cook more seasonally, what can I do? Or I'm really time poor, or I really need some snack ideas for my kids. You know, I'm constantly getting feedback questions and that really helps shape a lot of my content that I create and the recipes that I do. Sometimes it's like, what have I got in the fridge? (laughs) And I'll make it because often a lot of us do have similar things in the fridge. Often it's, yeah, based around season, certain cravings. I, yeah, I put out lots of polls. So I did a poll the other day that was like, you know, a lot of us aren't going on summer holidays this year. What recipes are you missing that you love eating on in summer? And, you know, I'm this week making a, you know, classic Spanish paella and a panzanella salad so that people can kind of eat their European holiday food at home, you know, in their gardens. (laughs) Yes. Oh, yummy. So yeah, yeah, constant inspiration. I feel like with foods, you can just go on and on. There are so many different cuisines and different techniques and different ways of doing it that like it's it's ongoing and I I really I really enjoy it I feel like it's interesting even though food has to be a necessity for every day plus it's my job I still like I still have like a zest and love for it if that makes sense yeah Absolutely. And what I love about your recipes, they're straightforward and easy to follow as well. They're not overcomplicated. And, you know, even if you are busy, you can do them. A hundred percent. I mean, I'm like a very simple, quick, efficient cooker. Like my boyfriend always says like, he'll literally bat an eyelid and like dinner will be on the table (laughs) because I'm just like one of those people that will just be like like there's a bit of a mess left over but I can kind of but like I like to cook that way it's yeah and I I don't like to complicate things I'm not a chef you know I'm not formally trained I did work in a kitchen for a while but you know I am a home uh, cook and I think I because of that it's much easier to connect with other home cooks who are cooking at home and you know eating and wanting to cook in a way and I think modern lifestyle the demands the workload the emotional everything that we're going through you know we want to keep it simple and I I think 
yeah, I think you're right. I think that's why people do connect with the recipes because they feel achievable. They're using ingredients they can source easily and, you know, they don't take too long to make. No, absolutely. And especially for mums as well. So if we move on to motherhood and health, Mm -hmm. and I think as a mum yourself, a nutritional therapist and a cookery author, you're very well versed to help mums with their nutrition, especially coming up with sort of quick recipes that we can rustle together. So so how can mums nourish themselves to stay strong, healthy and energised? What's your top tips? I would say you need to carve out at the beginning of the day a bit of you time. So whether that's 10 minutes sitting in silence, meditating or reading, or whether that's you getting to your exercise class or going on a walk by yourself or a bath once the kids have gone to bed, like make mm-hmm. sure you figure out when that time's going to be and prioritize it, stick it in, you know, the diary and, and commit to it. I think that's really important. In terms of food, I think it's about making sure that your cupboards in your fridge is stocked with lots of really lovely, healthy, quick foods. So I love buying like smoked mackerel for the fridge. You know, those fillets, they're not too expensive. They're packed full of omega-3s. They're already made. So you just bang them on a plate. Mm -hmm. And I love having that in the fridge is a great thing. And also, you know, cans of chickpeas, cans of lentils that all you need to do is rinse them and then maybe mix them with a nice dressing, you know, lots of different salad bits chopped up and mix that together. And you've got a really great like lunch or dinner that you've got immediately. I think that, you know, batch cooking as well, if you've got a bit of time on Sunday to make a big bean chili or something like that is a great thing to do and then freeze and have it later. But also there's lots of great, amazing brands out there now that do like delicious frozen healthy foods that you can have on those days where you don't want to cook. You know, make sure you pack your cupboards with lots of nice healthy snacks like nuts and seeds and dried fruits as well. If you need a snack in the afternoon, but you can kind of nibble on that instead of, you know, reaching for the biscuits or the chocolate or something like that uh, all the time. And I think, you know, make sure that you sit down and have your meals. I think mums are so guilty of like, getting their children a lovely breakfast and getting them to school and looking after them and giving and giving and giving, but then like grabbing a piece of toast and like smashing it in your mouth as you run out the door to work or to drop the kids off or whatever it is. And I think, you know, really going, okay, I also need to sit down and I need to have a balanced plate and I need to, you know, take as much care of myself as I do of my children. And I know that's easier said than done, but I think like ways of incorporating in whether that's you make breakfast that works for all of you and you sit down and eat together for your meals, you know, maybe making a plan on Sunday or Monday of like what you're going to eat that week. And like, are you going to have two portions of vegetables in your lunch and your dinner, you know, minimum, if not more. And, you know, really kind of making sure that you've got a bit of a game plan with those sorts of things. Cause I do think it's possible. And I think the more you do it, it becomes second nature, but I think the big transition between kind of not having any children and having children is this lack of time, Mm -hmm. this lack of focus, you know, of this whirlwindness of of being caught up with your children. And, you know, it is really full on and it's hard and, you know, balancing work alongside it for many um, mothers as well is really difficult, but you will be better at work. You will be a better parent. You will be a better partner if you 
you know, focus on these things. And I, I really, really, you know, know the difference of when I kind of miss the mark and don't focus on what I'm eating, just the difference of my mindset and my mental health and my energy and everything. It's just not as great as when I'm looking after myself. So I feel like my mindset is everything. Um, making a bit of a plan, stocking your fridge with healthy foods and incorporating the, the family meals are sat and ate together as much as possible. And they're kind of things that work for everyone. Absolutely. Because as you say, I think a lot of mums are kind of running on empty a lot of the time or reaching mm. for those sugary snacks or coffee or eating leftovers and just not nourishing their body. And there's only so long you can you know, operate at that level when, before you crash and burn and your body's like, no, you need to give me some fuel. So I think batch cooking, yeah, that's a great tip because if you just spend a bit of time organizing and getting it ready, then you've got it ready for the whole week. And it really does cut down on time, doesn't it? Hmm. And I absolutely get it. Like I definitely, I'm like quite a lazy person, although people would never necessarily think that of me, but I am quite lazy. And I love like the convenience of like, you know, leftovers or grabbing something that's quick and easy. Like I love that. And I totally get why we all go to that go-to of doing those things. However, when I just take five minutes to prepare a salad or five minutes, 10 minutes, whatever, to roast some salmon and vegetables in an oven, you know, that really short period of time. Oh my God, like it's way tastier. It's so much more delicious. I feel amazing and it's like it's just kind of jumping over that hurdle and once you do once you jump over it and you and you start it's you know it's neuroplasticity it's mm-hmm. it's the amazingness of our brains like the minute we train ourselves and we push past that boundary of like oh I can't be bothered but we go yes I can and I'm gonna do it like the <laughs> more you do that the simpler it gets and you know you will then be making those healthier choices very easily you won't have those battles on a day-to-day basis because you're you've trained your brain to say yes you've trained your brain to say you know it is worth me taking that little bit of extra time I couldn't agree more could you give us a bit of a snapshot of what you eat on a daily basis? Because I know some people might struggle. They might say, yes, okay, I need to do all these things, but they still struggle for ideas. So what sort of things might you have for breakfast, lunch and dinner? I tend to eat in the week. And my week I, is Monday to Thursday because my son doesn't um, go to nursery on Friday. Is I have a smoothie pretty much every morning. And this is just out of total ease and habit. <laughs> so that's like oat milk, berries, protein powder, peanut butter, flax seeds, and spinach. Tends to be like, there's sometimes a bit of variety. It might be a different fruit, a different vegetable. Often I'll freeze like courgettes and cauliflower and blend that through. You Mm. honestly don't taste them, but it just adds like a bit more vegetables and thickness to it. And I just tend to do that. And it kind of is like my immediate thing. I'll drop my son off at nursery. Sometimes I exercise immediately after. Sometimes I come home if I have to work. And whack everything in, you know, blend it up and then I've got my breakfast and then I'm kind of ready to start my work day. On the weekends, I might take a bit more time and like do like an omelette, like a herby omelette with avocado or some sourdough and almond butter or 
overnight oats. Often I make that for the family with like oats soaked in nut milk with raisins and grated apple and cinnamon um, and serve that with like some yogurt and, be- and fruit. But yeah, midweek I tend tend to have the same smoothie every morning. And I actually quite like it because I'm not a very routine-y person, but I do quite enjoy the routine of it. And yeah, I think with breakfast, it's it's down to like what works for you. But I kind of say like anything eggy, whether that's omelette, scrambled eggs, poached eggs, go down the porridge route, whether that's warm or cold. And then there's the smoothie route as well. And I think within that variety, you've got lots of, of great things. And of course, things on toast as well are always good. Yeah, I'm definitely a smoothie person. I'm with you there. One, because they're yummy. And two, yes, they're very quick. But yeah, I love, love smoothies. Especially with it being summer. Yes. It feels like the time to max up. Sometimes in mid of winter, I'm like, I can't buy a smoothie. <laughs> <laughs> That's when it's porridge time. And yeah, much more warming. And so, and so for lunch and dinner, are you kind of more salads on the lunchtime? Yeah, I guess, yeah, I guess because it's summer at the moment while while we're speaking, it's probably, yeah, like I often on Sunday will make quite a few things. So I might cook up some lentils, put some chickpeas in a nice dressing, roast some vegetables, grate some carrots, you know, slice up some stuff. So I've got maybe like four or five Tupperwares of different things. And then I'll just mix and match and put them with some different dressings. So I often make up like a balsamic dressing, a miso dressing, a harissa, you know, lime yogurt dressing or something like that. And then Mm. literally just open the fridge, mix some sort of lentil vegetable thing together and pop it on the dressing and that's it ready to go. So I do like doing a little bit of prep on a Sunday or Monday so that all my lunches are really, really quick and easy. Um, My boyfriend also does it, but he does it with wraps. So we kind of mix and match. But yeah, it tends to be protein, normally plant-based protein, lots of different vegetables, lots of like nuts and seeds, and a really lovely dressing as well. Especially because obviously we're all at home all the time and not kind of going out I would say that's like lunch most of the time. And then dinner wise is normally a tray bake, whether that's like salmon pesto tray bake with like potatoes and vegetables. Or last night I made the paella, as I was saying to you, which was like a seafood paella with peppers, tomatoes, and lots of different mix of seafood. I'm I don't eat meat very much anymore. I used to be quite a big meat eater, but for kind of the planet and health wise, I tend to really eat meat in a not very often at all. I don't, I don't know. I'm not that interested in it anymore, but I do eat a bit of fish. So yeah, normally kind of home, home cooked, warm, one pot style kind of dinner. My partner's half Indian. So we do cook a lot of curries, Mm -hmm. which is really nice, but yeah, kind of mix it up. But yeah, that's kind of, I would say, like an average day. Some fantastic ideas. So thank you for sharing that. And for anyone who needs some more inspiration in terms of recipes, you can head to Madeline's website. She's got heaps and also on her social media. And we've got lots on the CNN website as well. So lots of recipes to get you super healthy. So now 
when you become a new mum, it can be incredibly overwhelming. You know, you've got this brand new baby to care for, no idea what you're doing, uh, the sleepless nights, the endless feeding and chores to tend to. So did you have any daily practices you found particularly helpful when you became a new mum? I think walking for me was like the thing. One, because it got my son to sleep, (laughs) but two, because I felt like I was getting fresh air. I was moving my body, not stuck on the couch all day. Yeah. Like you said, feeding and not really sleeping, but walking was a thing. I would go, you know, I'd walk God for so long, like kind of 20, 30,000 steps a day, like massive amounts. But I'd go to like a really nice cafe. You know, I'd walk like 45 minutes to a nice cafe and have my breakfast there or have, you know, a drink, uh, you know, a tea or something and then walk home and then do another outing later on. And I think that was really nice because it got me out of the house mentally for my health. It, It felt like I had done something in my day. It wasn't just this relentless kind of, you know feed, sleep, feed, sleep, try and get the baby to sleep. So that really, really helped me as a kind of daily practice is walking and going somewhere that felt special, even if it was just for a cup of tea, felt really nice. I, I, I've always meditated and I, I really stopped during my pregnancy. I had terrible morning sickness and Every time I meditated, it made me feel a hundred times worse because it was like, oh, wow. I already felt nauseous, but then I was connecting to the feeling of nausea because I was like going in deeper. Yes. So that kind of went out the window. So I did start getting back into it a little bit more after I gave birth. I battled with it a little bit because it was often like you just got him to sleep and you're like, I'm going to meditate. And then he would wake up again. Um, but I just tried to kind of do lots of deep breathing, even if it was while I was feeding him, but like, you know, doing that mindful breath, taking big inhales and deep exhales just to kind of calm my nervous system. And, you know, I guess I was, you know, slightly different to a lot of mums in the fact that I went back to work very quickly because I worked for myself, I didn't get maternity leave. And, you know, I had already commitments that I had to sort of get back to. So I went back to work after three months and had a nanny while I was working, who is amazing. We're still friends with, she actually came around for dinner on Sunday. But yeah, so I guess I was quite lucky in the sense that I mean, I didn't have that kind of lovely maternity pay, but I had a bit more structure, I guess, having that help with having a nanny. And I worked from home, so I was with him all the time, but just had an extra pair of hands to help me. But I I really loved just going out by myself for like, even if it was just for like half an hour, just having that time like to be like, oh yeah, I'm with me and all I have to do is think about me and I don't have to think of the a million things I need to bring as I step out the door. And that was always quite empowering. It always felt a bit awful and scary. You know, it was a kind of mix of emotions where like you'd feel liberated, but you also feel kind of like, oh, I miss them. (laughs) (laughs) Guilty as well. Yeah. Do you know what? Guilt's not something I've ever suffered with. Like I, I, 
I, even though I went back to work early and, you know, all these sorts of things, it's not something I've ever like experienced. I don't know. I think it's because I feel really empowered yep. in my work and I don't, I'm lucky because I work from home. I don't feel like I'm away a lot and I can be around and, and be there. But I don't know. I had a mum that worked as well and I grew up with that and I never felt you know, anything negative towards it or didn't feel like, you know, she wasn't there for me. So I feel like because of that, I feel empowered to do it. And hopefully as time goes on, more and more women won't feel as guilty and therefore feel more kind of liberated and and accepting of themselves that they can kind of have their own life outside their children as well. Oh, absolutely. And I think things are definitely changing and, you know, especially sort of in light of recent events you know things are becoming a bit more flexible for women aren't they in terms of the workplace and being able to work from home and remotely so that's a real positive but yeah I 100% agree with you it is about staying connected getting out socially trying to meet other mums because I think sometimes when you're stuck in you know or if you're stuck inside all day uh, you know feeling exhausted and yeah your brain just tends to wander doesn't it and I think it's yeah essential that you get that me time as well because you need to yeah, have a few breaths and, you know, do something for you because otherwise, you know, you're always giving, giving. And yeah, with little ones, it's not always reciprocated initially when they're babies. So, um, yeah. A hundred percent. And I feel really lucky. I live near both my parents um, and we also have lots of friends that were really supportive as well. And like, you know, I mean, I've, I always love, have loved my parents, but when you become a parent, you're like, oh my God, you're amazing. <laughs> you're so great. You know, it, you just kind of, your relationship takes a different, it just goes to a different level of respect and understanding. And, you know, you really appreciate them a million times more than you did because you realize what they went through with you. And yeah, that's been a really nice thing to realize and experience yeah I couldn't agree more it really is I think when I said to my four-year-old we were talking about what do you want to do when you grow up and I think oh do you want to be a mummy that was one of the things oh no being a mummy is very hard work (laughs) 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 I was like it sure is (laughs) but yeah you definitely appreciate your parents more for sure now just to finish up I'd just like to ask you what's the one piece of advice you can give to someone wanting to follow their dream and build a successful well-being brand I would say that you want to be authentic to yourself what's the message that you feel most passionately you want to share with people and share that message don't look at others and think they're doing this I should do that you know share what you want to share do it in the way that you want to do it you know, social media is such a powerful tool for getting our message out. So be active on it, engage with it, you know, constantly evaluate what's working, what's not working and, you know, be open to change and evolve and, you know, really don't compare yourself to anyone. Everyone's on a different journey. And I think staying true to like what your vision is of of what you want to create is really important. Absolutely. Very wise words. Some really great advice there. Authenticity is yet key and being true to yourself. So what's in the pipeline for Madeline Shaw now? Have you got any courses coming up or any more books coming up? I'm hoping to write another book. So that's something that I'm working on. And yeah, I guess I'm, I feel like at the moment I'm working on, yeah, reinvigorating 
myself through my gardening course, not TV show, (laughs) (laughs) you know, really trying to learn more, explore more, you know, dive into the different parts of wellness. And I think that's going to keep me interested and passionate and authentic. So yeah, really working on like keeping my brand alive through keeping my passion alive alongside, yeah, books and other things. Awesome. That's amazing. And you never know, we might have some producers listening and I think, oh yeah, Madeline would be good for a TV gardening show. We'll get her on. (laughs) I feel like I I need to learn a little bit before I uh, (laughs) throw myself in the deep end, but thank you. (laughs) Oh no, fantastic. Thank you so much for joining us today. You've been absolutely brilliant and some lots of great advice and tips. Um, It's been an honour to have you on the show. Thank you for having me. Well, that's all we've got time for today. Thanks for listening and a big thank you to Madeline for sharing her knowledge and expertise with us. You can find all the information discussed today and more about Madeline in the show notes on the CNM website at www.cnmpodcast.com. If you're interested in learning more about nutrition, check out CNM's short course, Nutrition for Everyday Living, or the Naturopathic Nutrition Diploma for a more in-depth study program. Join us again next week when I talk to nutritional therapist and hormone expert Melissa Cahill about the causes of PMS and how PMS can be managed naturally. Thanks so much for joining us today. If you enjoyed the show, make sure you subscribe through your favorite podcatcher so you don't miss any future episodes. While you're there, we'd love it if you could leave us a rating or review as this helps us when creating new content.